0: the show if he or she would like more information. Thank you. I've got an exciting show for you today, one that we're calling Stop the Battles. And I'm fairly certain that all parents of kids with ADHD and autism or along the autism spectrum as well are very familiar with what that means. My guest today is Penny Williams and she developed the need to find out information about parenting a child with ADHD 12 years ago and found there really weren't good resources so she set about to create what she didn't have and didn't find. Since that time she's written four books and has a lot of good experience in figuring out what can be done, and then sharing that with parents in a parenting class, as well as in blogs and other forms. So, Penny, very nice to have you on the program.
1: Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm honored to be here.
0: So let's um, get into, I guess, first, how did you come to the, the title of Stop the Battles?
1: I saw a lot of parents talking about how they felt like they were in a constant struggle with their kids, that they were constantly arguing or they were constantly in the midst of challenging behavior, and it sort of clicked for me that it is true that when we engage in certain ways with our kids in regards to their behavior – we really are battling with them. They might dig their heels in, we dig our heels in, and we often find ourselves in an impasse that ends up really escalating. And it ruins our relationships with our kids and their relationship with us. And it really just weighs heavily on the entire family. It really brings such a negative energy And little room to create joy when we constantly feel like we're in this push-pull and when we feel like we're not really making a lot of progress. You know, when I started out, when my son was diagnosed at age six, I was spending hours a day to the detriment of my job and many other things trying to figure out what I could do to help my son with his ADHD. And I was still not really making progress. So I was spending all of this time and energy and I was so emotionally invested in figuring it out and I wasn't still. I was doing all this work and I was getting nowhere. And the the real turning point for us was reading Ross Green's The Explosive Child and realizing that we needed to shift our parenting. It wasn't that we needed to sort of try to fix our kid because, you know, he's born with the brain he has, but that we really had to shift our parenting. And it took me nearly two years of research and really invested in ADHD to find out that information, to find out that I needed to adjust what I was doing. And I just couldn't stand the thought of every parent really struggling as much as we did to try to figure it out.
0: Yeah, what I see with families is they've been struggling, but no one knows what they're struggling with. So Mm -hmm. before there's a diagnosis, that's part of the reason they come to me or other um, clinicians about what's going on, and we come up with ADHD as what may be there or parents have a strong uh, suspicion that that's part of it but not knowing what it is to start with so there's no awareness and a lot of this resentment builds up and communication things and oh you're a bad kid and how come you can't behave like others, how come you aren't like your older sister, your younger brother, whatever. So. Yeah, there's a lot of, I guess, groundwork there of what doesn't work. <coughs> and oftentimes mm-hmm. the approach is, oh, great, now we know you have ADD, and you take medication and things will be better. No. <laughs> you may be able to pay attention to school better and pay attention to what mom's saying, but there's still going to be those arguments, I think, until parents understand how their child looks at the world, but then also, exactly like you say, they need to shift their own um, parenting and, and realize this isn't just a fix the child, but accept the child and change the way you do things. It's not fixing one one person or another.
1: Yeah, we can't change our kids but we can change ourselves and we can change the way that we interact with them and the way that we um, help them to see and navigate the world. Mm -hmm. It's easy to see that our kids are different. You know, that's that's overwhelmingly clear, and that's why we go see clinicians like you. And then it's harder to come to that point where we – see that different is okay because in our culture we don't really celebrate it and when our kids don't fit in our conformist school system and in other expectations of traditional parenting then it's really easy to say okay I have to change something about my kid this isn't this isn't right this isn't working but really it's that we just need to adapt to accept difference, to help our kids still navigate successfully even though they are not neurotypical, even though they walk through the world differently, they experience the world differently. Um, everything that they take in and process is often done in at least a little bit of a different way with so many sensory sensitivities and overwhelm and there's so much at play there that triggers our nervous system and then that triggers the behavior and we have to understand all that foundational stuff first I really couldn't help my own son until I really understood him and the way that his brain works and his particular needs and really where he was as far as skills and day-to-day functioning and accepting that he was behind in some ways and that's okay you know we'll catch up eventually we'll get there
0: I've heard it that exact kind of thing expressed is parent the child you have not the one you Mm -hmm. have Um, Mm -hmm. your child is the way she is let's start there and figure out how to uh, help all the way along so I think what we've been talking about is the, the first of your you know, three main uh, directions in the Stop the Battles of uh, understanding. Understanding the child, mm-hmm. and also understanding you know, parent understanding, him you know, herself as far as, oh, this is what I'm doing. Maybe that's not working, or doesn't seem to be working. What can I do different?
1: We really have to work on our mindset. We have to be open to doing things differently. We have to be open to not following traditional parenting norms. And we have to be open to thinking way outside of the box. I talk all the time about we need to crush the box. We need to cut all the sides and flatten the box and just open it up. Because our kids really think more creatively and imaginatively and just very differently in a really positive way. And we have to do that, too. I talk a lot about looking at what is the overarching goal and intention. For example, at school, if you... Uh, your child has a math worksheet and they have been melting down trying to get it done for two hours. You've been in a battle with them the whole time trying to get it done. You know, if you would just focus, you could get it done faster. All of these sort of natural responses to what's happening from us as parents. But we have to step back and say, okay, what is really the goal? The goal is that they learn these math skills and that they show their teacher that they learn the math skills. Do they have to do this worksheet and all 30 problems and today, right now, in order to meet that goal? And that's some really out-of-the-box thinking versus our very traditional school system in the U.S. And we we just have to be willing to go there. We have to really shift our mindset to – being open to doing it all differently.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and so then the the next step is great. I understand this, and I've gained some knowledge about how my daughter's brain works and how it's different than others, and that's okay. And there may be a lot of strengths to it, and I understand that mm-hmm. what I've been doing doesn't work, so then... Parents are going to ask, "How can I, how can I learn what does work?" Uh-huh. And yes, and go ahead. yeah, it starts with
1: that understanding, and then we have to build from there, and we have to learn to stay calm. That's kind of number one. Um, when our children have big emotions or intensity and outbursts and challenging behavior their nervous system is already triggered. And mm-hmm. when we come in and we try to rationalize, we try to um, yell at them to comply, we um, end up mirroring that intensity often because that's just, I think, our, our instinct as human beings is, oh, there's a threat, What am I going to do about this threat? That's kind of what our body just instinctually, how it looks at it. But we have to remember that when we stay calm, then our kids can attune to our calm, and it helps immensely. When we are pushing back, when we are more intense, we are actually just putting gasoline on that fire, it is yeah. always going to escalate the situation. And yes, having a kid who has challenging behavior is frustrating. There's sure. no doubt. Nobody is saying that this is easy. It's yeah. that we cannot help them or even help ourselves to not have to deal with this as much if we are mirroring their behavior. And two, we have to remember that we're modeling How we want our kids to handle things. So, if my child gets really frustrated about that math worksheet and starts slamming things and yelling, if I slam things and yell too, I'm saying, This is what you do when you get frustrated. And that's not what we want to teach them at all. It's the exact opposite. We have to be really mindful of that. And I think that's the big piece that helps a lot of parents to kind of be able to make that pivot to start changing the way they're parenting. When you really realize that the way you're parenting in a lot of ways could actually be making the hard things worse, it's a lot easier to start focusing on, okay, I definitely want to do this differently. If I'm completely aware of that, I definitely want to shift and be doing things differently. And when you start being able to stay calm, you will see magic. (laughs) It it really is so powerful.
0: And I think that what I see in people I talk with and parents is needing Mm -hmm. to get over the feeling that, well, I don't want to be doing anything wrong. I want the best for my child. Yes, you do. And it's also kind of natural to meet, as you say, meet the intensity with intensity. And in mm-hmm. brain function, once someone is into the emotional reaction, there are not signals going through the thinking. Part. Have exactly to down first. Then the the prefrontal cortex and the thought and recognition of things can come in there. When their kids are in the middle of that emotional reaction, that's not the time to use logic because they can't access that part of their brain. Um, yeah.
1: Helping the- that was a hard lesson for me. Yeah. Um, I'm very type A. I'm a rationalizer. I want to talk it out and make it better. And that yeah. did not work for my kid. And usually it escalated things. And I couldn't understand yeah, yeah. until I learned yeah. that when the brain's flooded with emotion, you the thinking brain is just not accessed.
0: Not there. So that's not the time to try to talk it out and I think Mm a number of people say well I'm really calm and explaining things yes you're calm but explaining it isn't going to get to where what you need Mm -hmm. so right right you came to come around to okay I need to shift my way of thinking where can I and how do I learn the skills and strategies to do that And that may be where you you didn't find any courses or instruction or YouTube video. Oh, this is what you do.
1: Yeah, because so much of what's out there about parenting is for neurotypical kids. And, you know, a much more traditional parent-child dynamic. And so it was really hard then to find that kind of thing. Thankfully, there's a lot more available now um, and online, really accessible from home that is really changing things for a lot of parents. But I, I really had to kind of do my own work on myself. And that was where I made an even bigger shift. That was really where the the true light bulb moment came in. Um, starting out, you know, I realized that, okay, I'm I'm not helping my son when I talk to him. I'm not helping if I try to shut him down or, or um, offer a punishment. So maybe I need to just shift completely the other way and just stay calm and not engage. And I had to really teach myself to stop taking it personally. When he was six years old in the grocery store screaming, I hate you, you never loved me at the top of his lungs, and people were peering around the edge of the aisle at me, judging me, of course, I had to really detach from that. I had to stop taking it personally and know that his intention wasn't to harm me. He was having a hard time. He wasn't giving me a hard time. And that's kind of been my parenting mantra from a long time, and I have not been able to find who to attribute that to. I found it somewhere online, but that is my go-to reminder all the time. Kids really want to do well. If they're not, there's a reason.
0: Kids don't wake up in the morning thinking, okay, how can I mess with mom today? Mm Mm-hmm. wake up and want to do well, And, and I think then as pattern of what doesn't work keeps developing, then kids get anxious of, boy, I better not say anything, or I've got to shout louder. um, They're kind of protesting that you aren't hearing me yet. Mm -hmm. They're they're right. Um, But they only know the way their brain works. They don't know how neurotypical brains work. Um so they and being kids, they can't say, Oh, I got to shift my mindset. They don't have a concept of that um, Great. So, yeah, I think that's great uh, the don't engage, don't try to be calm and, and use logic, and certainly don't shout and trying to match the the tantrum and some of it's when you're in the grocery store, don't worry about. What other people think this is your child this is the person you care about it's Got to do with what the two of you need
1: exactly and I reminded myself all of these people in the store right now do not know our story they do not know why this is happening and so whatever judgment they have it's not accurate because they don't have our story and that really helped I um, I have intense social anxiety. All my life I have worried about the judgment of others every moment of every day. So when this was happening, it was really hard for me to, to really put that away. And I just learned to do it. I kept practicing it. I kept reminding myself that what matters is that he's having a hard time right now and what can I do about that. And, and basically I would just validate his feelings, show some empathy, let him know I was ready to talk to him when he was calm, when he could talk to me in a kind way, and then on we went. And, you know, if he was already in full meltdown over the cliff, sometimes we just had to leave the store. Um, and, And... for a long time, I really, I really bristled against that. I said, he, you know, needs to learn to be at the store with me. He needs, right? Again, it was he, 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 instead of me. And I had to figure out that he just wasn't ready to handle that environment well. And so I stopped taking him with me for a while. He got a little more mature. We worked on some more skills. We tried it again later, and. So it's not ever giving up on our kids when an expectation is out of reach. It's it's out of reach right now. It doesn't mean that we're never going to have that expectation. And that's what so many parents get upset about with a lot of the parent training is, well, you know, my child needs to be able to speak to someone without being rude or disrespectful. Yes, at some point they do. So it's still a goal. It's still an expectation, but you have to kind of backtrack and take baby steps to get there. As long as expectations aren't doable, behavior is going to be out of control and your emotions as a parent are going to be out of control because everyone's going to be frustrated. Nobody's succeeding. You have to set them up for success.
0: Some other factor that works in here is in brain development that the some A person being able to have a concept of self and self-awareness and that, oh, I can do this or I can change that, and also abstract thinking and thinking about it, for neurotypical people, that doesn't develop, it's not there until about age nine or ten, and mm-hmm. it's with on the autism spectrum, kids with ADHD, the developmental delay part, their brains aren't there yet, It's and you can see it. You can see the picture. Um, their <laughs> cortex areas aren't as thick, which is a measure of maturing. Now, three years later, they'll be as mature as neurotypical kids were three years before so at age 12 someone with ADD is going to have that brain capacity of someone age 9 who's neurotypical so right. a 7 year old they can't even conceive self-awareness and one thing or another and that's where the behavioral methods and calming yourself and modeling make a big difference because kids can't you know, why don't you understand? Well, because they can't. I think of the question why is the wrong question to ask. No no child can understand or explain why. So it's not a fair question mm-hmm. to
1: be asked. Yeah. So we have to be the detective and figure it
0: out. How do your uh, you have this eight-session um, parenting... Strategies online course. Um, how does that work? In, right. Um, is that a a group format where there's a, a group of people, or is it kind of a?
1: It's actually a self-paced online course component coupled with four private coaching calls and. The four calls are really patterned to be at about every two weeks. So you're learning the information on your own time and as you can fit it into a busy, chaotic family life and schedule. And then we're working together through coaching calls to implement, to um adjust some of it to be very tailored to your individual child and their needs and to troubleshoot. If I taught you something in particular about um, behavior and you tried um, a certain method and it didn't work, things got worse or it wasn't as helpful as it should have been, then we are jumping on a coaching call sometime close to that time frame and we can troubleshoot that. We can try to figure out why it wasn't working so well. What could we try differently? So just really trying to um, tweak and tailor it through those calls. And I, I started with just an online parenting course about ADHD. And what I found is that we parents have the best of intentions and we sign up for things and then we get busy. And so I felt like adding this coaching component then helps a little bit with accountability, and it also helps to really make sure that it's going to work for you and your family. Um,
0: That's individualized to what's really happening with that family, not in general, this is what most people do kind of thing.
1: Right, because if you've met one child with ADHD or autism, you've met one child. Yeah. There's so many variations of all of the different symptoms in severity, in um, combination. So you really do have to see what is going to work for your child. And some of that is trial and error, but I'm guiding that path. You know, I'm letting you know where you need to look and what you should be trying um, you know, just as an example, on sensory and calming, but my son really benefits from a weighted blanket, heavy work activities, crunchy or chewy snacks because he's lacking that proprioceptive input. But for some other kids with the same exact diagnoses, a weighted blanket would be painful or uncomfortable. And so it really does have to you know, you have to take in kind of the the bulk of the information and what you should be looking at and then start watching, okay, this is what is true for my kid. There may be more of a sensory avoider than a sensory seeker or they, you know, want to get all their homework done quickly versus they need several breaks. You know, they're just so different. And then we can start to really tailor that and say, okay, that didn't work. So now it's time to try something new. You know, it always blows my mind when parents say, well, um, you know, I I just keep doing this and doing it and doing it, and it never works. Nothing's changing. Nothing's helping. Like, okay, it's time to get out of your box, right, and and try something different.
0: They're right. Nothing's changing. But your child can't change. So you want to make Mm -hmm. change, you have to change.
1: Yes, it's really up to us.
0: acknowledging that you parent, there aren't learn how to parent classes before you become a parent. There aren't uh, ways to say, oh, okay, I'll just do this. You have to learn, and that's where a class helps learn those skills. I really like the uh, individualizing with the coaching calls. As far as this is Mm -hmm. the situation you're really in, let's look at what can... Maybe work for you. As yeah. usual, when talking about very interesting topics, we're coming toward the, the end of this time of talking, and hopefully we'll have another chance to go into some of these kinds of things uh, in more depth. Um, I think I love that that. the things I've taken away from this are that uh, parents accepting that their child's different and that is okay and that Mm -hmm. they need to understand how their child's brain works and then change their mindset, their approach to it, so that what they do can benefit the child, not what someone else thinks they need to do, not what society does, not what the teacher in school but at home what works with your child and that's right. what I, I like about your approach is that it's not just here's the information but uh, here's the individualized coaching to your uh, situation
1: can yeah, we really at the bottom line I think is you have to figure out your child's truth and then you have to honor it and you know what's true for them where are they now um, who are they? We, we by bristling against that and pushing back, we're sending the message that we don't like who they are. And what yeah. parent wants to do that? None of us. Exactly. We, we don't realize.
0: Conscious intent. My guest today has been Benny Williams, who has developed uh, out of a lot of her own researching and self-searching and uh, working on, ways that she can change and help her son feel honored and change his behaviors. Um, and she has written four books, as well as developed a parenting skills class, uh, which is individualized with um, specific calls and touching base with her during that. I will have her website and book titles on the introduction to this show on the website that is ADHD focus which is found on webtalkradio.net thank you very much for joining us today and I hope you have a pleasant rest of your day and week stay safe wear a mask and stay healthy